Welcome to the Space for Magic podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to receiving all the gifts the universe has for us. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive coach. Using a blend of common sense, brain science, and just a dash of magic, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. I'm your host, Patty Lennon, and I have a guest today that we are going to be doing something never done before here on this podcast, which is, first of all, I'm introducing you to someone super cool. Okay, we've done that before, but she has such an interesting story to share, and we're going to be doing this as a two-part podcast, which means the beginning of our conversation will be here. And then I will take you over to Jeannie Spiro, who is our guest, her podcast, where we're going to continue the conversation. Isn't that sound like fun? So I do want to tell you a little bit about Jeannie and how I came to know her and why I thought she would be someone that you want to know. So actually, I don't know how I first met Jeannie, but Jeannie is a master of taking your life, blending it up and making it work for you. And where I first learned of Jeannie, she was helping entrepreneurs master the stage, learn how to be in your body, in your business and find your way out into the world in the biggest way possible. That was years ago. How I found my way back to Jeannie where she was on my the top of my mind was she actually had talked about her journey in losing weight recently through the pandemic and using an app that she just happened to mention in passing called Noom. And because I respect Jeannie so much and I believe her, she just, she's always out there in integrity. I really got intrigued because her transformation was just amazing in the midst of this shit show that was the pandemic. And I wanted to know how she did it. So she brings business brilliance. She brings being a midlife CEO concept to us today. And she's she is a woman in her midlife with a business that's thriving, with kids out in the world, with a husband. She's got lots of things going on. And with that, Jeannie, welcome. Patty, I'm so happy to be here. And thank you for the beautiful introduction. And it's nice to be with all of your listeners. Yes. So... I have to start with Noom because it's like, I I can't believe. So if you don't know Noom, you know, and I'm not going to put a promotional link here. So please, for the love of God, don't make that your priority right now. But Noom is just an app that helps you like track your food. And the goal is to lose weight and get healthier. And I'd seen ads for it. And it was just one of those things I just kind of like blew off. And then Jeannie I saw you talking about your journey where I guess I was actually looking at your podcast for something else. And I happened to see your podcast on your transformation. So can you just share, first of all, share if there's anything I left out of your introduction that you want people to know, but then talk a little bit about that transformation that you've been through. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks, Patty. Yeah. So the only other part about my introduction is I believe we actually first met in New York. I think we'd gone to a conference or an event together. And I, th- I think it was one of those situations where it was like, 
wait a minute, I think I know you or you know me or we know of each other, but we've never met. And just like how everything always happens, you know, you're meant to meet at the right time. And we've known each other ever since. And I think I even interviewed you at one point because you had spoken, it was like 50 times in a year or something like that, right? (laughs) And I was like, Patty, you have to come in and talk to my audience about this because this is so cool. You know, we've been circling around each other and blending things together at different times, which I love. And we also worked with similar audiences, I think, at different times too. So, and just uh, the brief bio of me is, I am a business coach and business strategist, and I specialize in helping coaches and client-based business owners fill their programs. And the tool that I love using is speaking. So it ties to the stage. And I used to always, every year before I'd have one of my own live events, I would feel like I got to get in shape. I've got to work out, you know, like who doesn't feel like that when they're about to have a live event? And I would always try to work out and get in shape and I would lose some weight. But I don't know about you, Patty, but 10, 11 years ago, when I first started my business, I didn't realize how sedentary I would be and also how stressed I might be at different times in my business. And it wasn't until probably after my fifth live event where I thought, maybe it's not just about losing weight after the or before the event. There's something else that's going on here. So the pandemic for me really shined a light on how I was eating my stress. And I had been doing that for a period of time before live events, after live events, overall. And I just kept gaining weight year after year. And since starting my business 11 years ago, before last year, I had gained over, uh, I guess it was about 55 pounds since starting my business. And I knew I needed to do something about it. So yeah, (laughs) I finally decided to. Well, I, and I love the pragmatic approach. What I saw in you when I went back to look at some of the posts you had put up was very straightforward and just like, this is it. So what do you think? I think there's a unique skill in bridging the gap between knowing that there's something that needs to change, knowing there's tools or things you could be doing differently, tools you could be using, but then actually making the leap into the place where you're like, oh no, this is happening. What happened in your mind? Because I know you've done this in your business. I know you do this for your clients. And I'm guessing it's pretty similar what happened with this particular transformation what do you think was going on internally that gave you the oomph to actually do it? I remember at the end of 2019, I was completely exhausted. And I think I had been asking the universe many times over in many different ways to help me find a new way of working and serving. And I'd had my live event in November. It was successful. I loved teaching everything I was teaching, but I was tired and it was also showing up in my body. And I stopped looking in the mirror to be really quite frank. I stopped looking at myself in the mirror. And at the beginning of 2020, I was still asking the same question. What needs to change? How do I need to change the way I'm working, how I'm serving so I can start to prioritize my well-being? Because I'd 
already figured out how to be successful. I already knew how to grow a business. I knew all of those things, but yet I hadn't reversed some of the patterns that I had created in the process of growing my business. So (laughs) I don't feel like I want to say that I called the pandemic into happening. I don't believe that I did, (laughs) but I, I believe internally what I was asking for was a change. And when the change happened for me was at a live event, I was coaching a client to host a live event, helping her physically on site. And it was at the live event that I thought, oh, there's something happening here in this world and really started to pay attention. And I flew back from the live event. I was supposed to go and coach someone else at another one. And then I was supposed to be at a conference and I couldn't do it because of the world shutting down. And in that time, I went into panic mode, like stress mode, like everybody else did. It was like how, and I started eating my stress again. And so even though I was asking for a different result, the go-to response for me was, I'm stressed, I'm going to eat and I'm going to work harder and I'm stressed. And so things started to shift. The world started to shift. I started to work more internally and began working with different clients and approaching my business a different way, but my body hadn't caught up to the way that I was working until November of 2020 when I said, enough is enough. I went and had a photo shoot done. I didn't want to go. I got it done. And my dear friend who has been a photographer of mine for many years, Kim, she took the photos and I got back. The moment I got the photos back, I looked at the photos and I said, something's going to change. And in that moment, I signed up for Noom because I'd seen it. I thought, I'm going to do something. I did it. I signed up for it. And I've never looked back ever since. And I've been, I've shifted everything in my life and my business ever since. So (laughs) that's everything leading up to it. Yeah. And I love that, that piece right there is that from my perspective, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, you were asking for help. You were asking the universe for help. And then this one thing was put in front of you. It could have been 10 different things. You just had to choose one. Cause I'm a big proponent of if you do your hundred percent, the universe will then kind of take it from there. And so like you did that, you stepped that one foot forward into that space of making a change. And then from there, it was contagious. Like it got sticky with other changes that looked more like it. And that changed something else, changed something else. I remember you saying, I think, I don't know if you told me this privately or if I heard it in the podcast that didn't you find a type of exercise that went back to your dancing, like when you were younger? I did. So I... Yes, you're saying all the things and some of it I included in the podcast. I decided that in order to make a change, I needed to look at everything as a whole. And I used Noom in a different way than probably other people do. I used it as a guide to talk to myself. And that was the first step. And so I was, let me be in conversation with what my body needs. And that was the first thing, which was essentially like, do I really need to be eating right now? Let's see if I do. And so it was using this tool just to ask myself these intuitive questions. And then the next questions that came up were, do I want to be working this way? Do I want to be sitting all day? Do I want to be exercising the way I'm exercising? Because it doesn't seem like it's working. 
what is possible? And so things like, is it possible to go back and do something that I used to do that I haven't done and I'm in my 50s and maybe I can still do? For example, the class that I took when I was in college that I loved was modern dance. And after in my early 20s, I remember going to aerobics and water aerobics. And I thought, why am I not doing that now? So I found a class called The Class. (laughs) And it was online. And I started taking it. And I thought, I can dance. I can do all of these things. My age shouldn't matter. And I just started asking myself what else was possible. And that's how it's been ever since. What else can I do that I haven't been able to do? And I'm hitting personal goals that I've never, I I never thought I could at this stage and age that I'm at. And I'm not, I don't think of myself as really old. In fact, I think of myself as really positively aging now and healthier than I've been maybe even in my thirties. So Yeah, you look awesome. You look like a rock star, Jean. And I was listening to an interview with Dan Sullivan, and he's someone that talks about productivity and making the most of your life and your time. And he was saying one exercise he guides people through is, you know, okay, well, how long do you think you're going to live? Most people say 85. And okay, and what do you need to be at 84 to be able to live at 85? And he goes through this whole thing. And the end point he gets to is that once people realize the kind of life they want to be living at 85 and the changes they need to make to their lifestyle and to the way they're working, that they'd probably likely live much more beyond 85. And then when you're looking at that, to your point that, you know, because I'm going to be 50 this year, we really have like so much time left. And so what do you want to do with this great big experience that's still out before you. Yes, it's so important to look at all of it. And and I love the, that approach. I also started opening my eyes to what's possible with living longer and living well. And my dad was so cute. He said to me, he sent me an article and he's like, I really do want to live to a certain age and I want to be healthy as I do it. And I thought, that's awesome. Like if my dad is saying that and he's making the moves to that, why can't I be doing that? So my life doesn't mean that just because I'm in my 50s means that I'm supposed to look a certain way or that I'm not supposed to take care of myself anymore. And I'd sort of been thinking of things that way for a period of time. Like, oh, I'm in my 50s. I'm supposed to age. Who says? <laughs> like who says that I have to age and not take care of myself really well in the process? And everything roots back to that question of what's possible. Mm. Yeah. So now you were mentioning earlier being at live events and the stage, et cetera, et cetera, which obviously that all changed over 2020. And I'm sure that instigated pivots, but talk a little bit about what you did in response to this big sweeping change to the entrepreneurial space. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think in 2019, I had traveled to many events. And one of the things that I would do was assist my clients with filling their programs. I still do this. However, one of the things that 
that I teach is how to use events and workshops as a strategy to to fill your programs. And so I was traveling quite a bit. And everyone was going to live events, right? And we were doing that and we didn't think anything of going. And in 2020, when there were no live events, I thought, okay, I could jump on the bandwagon of teaching virtual events, but do I want to right now? Is this, should I make that pivot and do that? Or should I explore other things that I've done and I haven't, or that I haven't done for a while, but I could be doing. So in a matter of a very short period of time, speaking on live stages went away, hosting live events went away, and the way that I was working and teaching and making money in my business went away. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? And how am I going to do this? And that's when I just opened up to other ways that I knew would still be important for me to work and me to serve and also to teach. And I ended up looking at my entire business all over again. And it was one of the best gifts that I think that I could have gotten at that phase and stage of my life. And it made me ask, what do I still love doing? And what do I want to do again? And I will be really honest again. I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in this. I wasn't sure if I wanted to still teach it at the end of 2019. I thought, well, I'm going to continue doing it for at least the next year or so, but I don't know what's beyond it. And when I could no longer do it, I realized how much I wanted to be able to do it again. Mm. And it shifted priorities for me. So it's equally as important, if not more, to help people get their message out and bring it to more people. So since live stages disappeared, now I have a bias towards live stages because it's what I love the most, but mm-hmm. certainly I haven't been on one in quite, you know, since before the pandemic or the start of it. How do you feel about where the biggest impact is for someone interested in speaking? Because I used to be a big, you know, back when I used to talk about the 50 speaking gigs in 50 weeks, I was always, you know, get on live stages and people would ask, well, can a podcast be one of my engagements? And I'd be like, no, you need to be on stages. But I think the response to virtual stages has changed and maybe just the way I see them has changed. So what do you, how do you feel about all of that? Oh, I love this because... I've narrowed down how I think it's really helpful to use speaking in your business. And so there's two parts to it. And you know this because you do this. One is that there's speaking to generate leads and then there's speaking to actually convert and, you know, and gain business. And there's two ways that you can be doing it. One is live, like in person and on stages, and the other would be virtual. And it applies to both, whether you're getting leads or you're selling. And the question was, and the test was, what is powerful? What is still powerful? And so to your point, is it equally as powerful to be on a podcast as it is to be on a live stage? And I believe it absolutely can when you have three types of speaking, I call them three types of signature talks in your business. And this is what I want everyone to have. And I teach my clients, you're going to have one that I call is your preview talk. And it's the talk that you will use either live or virtually. And it just previews what you do. And it's designed for you to be able to bring in leads into your business, let them, 
you know, it's the like, know, and trust. It's to be able to position yourself. It's for them to get to know you and decide if they want to go further. The second is the interview style talk, which like what we're doing. It's another way of like, know, and trust. And it can be done on a panel, which is in person, right? Typically, it can be done as a podcast. It can be done in a summit. But again, it is also designed to generate leads. It's designed to have people get to know you. And it can be equally as powerful in person, if not virtually, right? So both are. And then there's the third one, which is really, I call the sales presentation talk. And again, it's designed to sell. And you could be using it when you're having an event that you host, or if you're allowed to sell from the stage at someone else's. Or if you have, let's say, your own webinar, or maybe you're hosted by somebody else. And so I really looked at the whole playing field of if you can't be on live, how can you maximize virtual for both lead generation and sales optimization? And what are the smart strategies to be using? And how do you not just use the strategies, but really optimize the strategies? And that's kind of the geek in me. And you know, because you're a strategist, like I could go on for days about how to do it and how to do it well, but I love looking at having those three in your business and using them and eventually be able to go back live and do it again. And do you feel like it's shifted because of the pandemic? I think it has and in a very positive way. However, I also think for some people, it's made them say, I'm ready to get back out, or I want to get back out, or I was afraid to go and speak on stage. And now I think I might be ready because I've done so much speaking virtually. I could master speaking on a live stage. Mm. So do you feel like, you know, my bias, my old bias that of an in-person stage is more powerful than a virtual stage? What do you, what do you think about my bias? Mm, I can see it. I had it too. I don't know if I agree with it anymore. I think that you can do an amazing job in an interview or a virtual presentation. Listen, Patty, I think that we both know that there's nothing other than being in person. That is number one. Number two is seeing a video. Number three is an audio. And beyond that, like the written word is not as easy, but it's still incredibly effective. We both know that. And I think you have to lean into what you're willing to do and maximize it. Ooh, I want you to stop there and we say that, or I'll say again, what you just said, but I want you to, you go ahead. If you can remember what you just said, say it again. So what you lean into? Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about being out on a stage, you're really out there like you can be on a virtual stage or a live stage, right? And it depends on how you go about it. Like you could put your all onto a virtual stage and still be highly effective. And you could do the same thing on a live stage. The key though, is like really understanding how to use the platform that you're on. I summarized it in a different way, but if you wanted to say something else that I missed. Yeah, well, what you said that I loved that applies so far beyond speaking is you've got to figure out what's right for you and lean into that. And that I think is what's changed through this pandemic is people becoming aware of, and it speaks to you saying, wait a second, I used to love this dance or water aerobics, you know, like, what is it that you want? You know, that 
you can get a strategist that can teach you X, Y, and Z about anything. But if it doesn't fit how you're built, it's never going to work for you. You're fighting yourself. Oh, completely. Yes. And, you know, and I think that that's the rub with business sometimes is when people start to get to the point of wanting to give up, it's that they think, I think it was Brendan Burchard. I remember originally hearing this and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I think this was, you're digging for gold and you keep digging in the same you keep thinking that you're supposed to move around to different places, right? And you take your shovel and you move it to different places looking for gold. But if you go in from a different angle, you might actually hit gold, (laughs) right? And I think that's what it is for me is speaking, I know works. It's just which of the ways that you want to use it Mm -hmm. is going to be the way that's going to strike gold for you. Yeah, yeah. Because I think no matter, and I think for people, for those of you listening, whether you have a business or you just have an idea that you want to get out there, you have, you know, for me, speaking was the way that we like 10x our fundraising at our school because I was willing to get up on a stage and ask for money instead of sending home a flyer, which for me was no big deal, but for others was excruciating. No one was ever willing to do it, but I'll put my hand out in front of anyone and ask them for money for the right cause. I think no matter what you what your goals are, being able to speak in an interview, whatever it is, your ability to articulate your purpose and what your what's important is crucial. Yes. And so the key is finding the right place to do it. So your kids are a little bit older than mine. Yours are in your their 20s, right? Yes. And so did they have to come home through the pandemic or were they out, out? Oh my gosh. So business has been so interesting because I don't know if I've told you. So my husband owns his own business. I, of course, have mine. And then the kids did come back during the pandemic. Both of them, well, one was already out. The other one was about to be out and sign a lease in Boston. And it was like, "Mm, should we save the money during this time? maybe this would be a smart strategy. So one of my children decided absolutely not coming back. And the other one was already here, but ready to go. And so all four of us were here and (laughs) running two businesses and running, you know, and then having two young adults with jobs and then a dog who's very vocal. So (laughs) it's been a little crazy, but we've made it. We've made it so far. And do you feel like, um, cause I think that's a big piece of being, you know, a midlife entrepreneur. If you have children is potentially you've got aging parents, potentially you've got kids that are becoming adults that are making choices that impact you emotionally, if not physically. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like your children there helped or, or made it more challenging for you to do what you wanted to do? It was one of the best things that could have ever happened to have our kids with us during this time. And I will tell you, it was good for business in a lot of ways because all of us were working. All of us needed to accomplish what we were set to accomplish. And then we would all come together for dinner. And at the end of every day, you know, we were all in different corners of our, of the house. And then sometimes we would happen to overlap at lunch or sometimes hey, you're in for a coffee. Cool. Great to see you. And then we go about our separate ways. And then at night, we would all have something to talk about. 
because we all had four different experiences happening inside of our home and it made it really good to focus on something else. And I, it was positive overall for all of us. And, you know, I'm never going to have this time with them like this again. So I thought I was already past the empty nest and I've experienced the empty nest a couple of times. So this was a real treat for me, Patty. Like I can't even tell you how much I loved having them here. Oh my goodness. I don't know how your experience was similar. <laughs> no, it was not similar. Not similar <laughs> at all. <laughs> not, not even remotely. There is nothing you just express that resembles anything I understand. <laughs> I, know. I figured it might be different. <laughs> I'm like, well, that question just took us to a place where now everyone's just wanting to shoot darts at you. So there's... <laughs> I know. I didn't we, expect it to happen. And that's the gift in all of it. <laughs> the halcyon days of Jeannie and her kids being together during a pandemic. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, I, you know what? And I now remembered some of the other thoughts that were going through my head. So I'll circle back to something where we we're talking about virtual and in person. So I now am planning on having my first live event since yeah. the you know, the pandemic and it'll be, you know, pretty far away fall of 2022, which I'm hoping gives us enough space to, right. for me to feel every person has a different comfort level with selling tickets into a live experience. I've seen like there was a huge podcast conference that just happened, I think in Austin or Nashville. And I was like, God, I give them so much credit for, cause that, that would have had to have been in the work six, eight months ago. But for the very first time, I am considering offering a virtual ticket. And I don't know if I'll do it, but always my resistance has been that the experience just won't be there for the virtual participant. And for me, and I know you're the same way, when I'm doing a live event, I want the experience, you know, that person's experience is, is my priority above everything else. Yeah. But I do think we figured out a way, all of us have figured out a way how to engage a virtual experience in an experiential way, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just consuming the content, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely true. And I think that this has allowed us to be very creative as business owners. And I think what has to happen and should have happened is, and we can't be complacent and nor should we. My job has always been, and we're always in such alignment in so many things, and I know we are here as well. I believe in transformation. I believe in the work that I provide. I believe in high value. And I know the difference because I've been in experiences where I haven't received that. So I'm about that. So even looking at a live event versus a virtual conference or, or having that as an option, it's like that is an automatic for you and me to make sure that that value is there and you become creative in the process of making sure that that happens. And and I think you will. And there's many more alternatives than we ever knew before. Mm, Yes. So true. So true. It was like someone had told me that what they did with their virtual event. So this was, they were hundred percent virtual. This happened last year, but they had mailed name tags and they mailed swag bags and all this stuff to all their virtual participants. And I'm like, you know, 
pre-pandemic, that would have been like absurd. Like, you know, I can't imagine ever having done that. But yeah, people are upping, they're getting, and it made such a big difference to their participants. Yes, yes. It's so good just to, to look at it through another lens of how do I make this experience, whether it's virtual or live, really good for the people who I'm inviting to this experience. Mm. So, you know, one of my foundational truths, principles, whatever, is that our sales grows, the abundance in the life we have, you know, our health, all of it grows. The more we learn to receive that all of it comes down to, we have a field of resistance around us. And as we lower that field, our receiving grows, right? And so it's just the counterbalance. You're either receiving or in resistance and you're always in some balance of that. As you've reflected back over this last year and a half, do you see that playing out for yourself? Either your resistance came down about something or your receiving went up because of a choice you made? Oh, I've thought about this so much, Patty. Yes, I would say that I think I was closed off to receiving because I was such a pleaser. And now I know that the cycle, I needed to break it. And I know that in order to move into another level of growth for myself, I needed to learn how to receive and not just to give. (laughs) And that it would allow abundance to happen. It would allow possibility. It would allow me to look at things differently. And I now think I'm open to receiving from many places versus before. I just felt that it was my role to give. So I've shifted that for sure. I love that 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 connection you made between receiving and what's possible here, because that possibility is something that I think a lot of people play with. They believe that there's more possible. They see what's more possible, but they can't actually figure out what to shift to allow in what more is possible. And and I know this is your field of expertise, and I think we're going to be talking further about this in part two, because there are keys to learning how to receive. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're right. This is probably a good place for us to drop off and tell, first of all, before we do that, we're going to continue this conversation on Jeannie's podcast, Midlife CEO, and there'll be a link and you're going to, and we're going to pick up right now continuing this conversation. We're also going to talk more about how receiving affects the money coming into your business, how receiving affects your health, how it affects the kind of support you can give. But I know there's people listening right now that may not be able to instantly jump over. And I want to make sure that they have resources from you because right now, probably the thing that's top of mind is I want to speak more. I'm sure that's going through many people's heads. So where can they start? What resource do you have for them, Jeannie? Absolutely. Thank you, Patty. I really love speaking as a tool in your business. And so if you're looking to be a professional speaker, I'm not your person. I am the person that is helpful when it comes to using speaking as a lead generation and sales tool. And so what I designed was a guide 
called The Ultimate Speaking Lead Generation Starter Guide. And I cover three strategies that I've used that we've touched upon today and how to incorporate them into your business, the pros and cons of each and examples of how to use them and what to do so that you can start generating more leads in your business through speaking. And that's at geniespyro.com forward slash guide. Good. All right. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about receiving and having all of the good stuff show up and how that all works. All right. So let's head over to your podcast. Thank you for being here, Jeannie. I'm excited to keep going. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to go into the next part. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. And don't forget, always create space for magic. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.